Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. January 1st, 2021. Gladiators. Binomial nomenclature. Immigrants. Illegal television. And, Y2K. This, is, awesome, today. Awesome Today is a daily show, even though it technically isn't every day. It is barely edited and sometimes offensive. It is a good show. Some might even call it awesome. If you are friends with someone who doesn't think this show is awesome, you deserve better friends. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Sing it. I can't. No. I feel embarrassed now. Happy New Year to you. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> is there a New Year's song besides Auld Lang Syne? Besides what? Auld Lang Syne. Should all the queens... Oh. Okay. I didn't know that was its name. Yes. I'm a bad New Year's Eve. Apparently you are, sir. Okay. Well, it is New Year's Day. Eve, yes. Not just New Year's Eve. Um, it's the 1st of January of 2021. We're here. We made it. We did it. Yes. It is a new year. I'm going to go on a, a small happy rant with the sounds of saws in the background. Because that's evidently. still happening. It's still happening. It's the longest fence repair that's ever existed. I think I could have literally taken a California redwood and gnawed <laughs> everything off and sculpted a fence just using my teeth. Uh, maybe I'll get a chance <clears throat> to try that one day. I can't laugh like that. Okay. Okay. Well, the possibilities <laughs> ahead of us in this new year are truly truly only limited by what we ourselves will or will not allow. It is an exciting time yes. right now. And not not just because of, you know, whatever negative things we're leaving behind or even that we see around us right now, but absolutely because of the many things that are not normal. Mm -hmm. The many things that are different, which, yes, could be viewed as negative, like this saw in the background, uh, but more rightly, can and should be viewed as potential for something great. Yeah. Before COVID and quarantine and all the new things, 
that we encountered in this past year, while there were absolutely good things in all of our lives, there were also areas of lack. Um, there was growth and development available to us. Things that shake us out of quote-unquote normal are likewise shaking us out of all those things that weren't yet perfect. Mm -hmm. The things that were just barely okay and certainly all of the things that already kind of sucked. Mm -hmm. So with all sincerity, I appreciate the disruptions of 2020. I didn't like them and I'm not belittling what anybody's gone through, but I do appreciate disruption. Um, the things that agitated us into growth that we would have otherwise been too comfortable to pursue. Well, that's, yeah. thank you, agitation. So we begin 2021 and I am boldly optimistic. I realize that I may have to let go of something in order to receive something better and that the act of letting go might be uncomfortable, um, that it might be scary even. And, and conversely, then I might say, well, maybe fear is a feeling that I have misidentified and it's actually hope. Um, I, I can consider any loss that comes along as an emptying of my hands that they may be unencumbered for the purpose of grabbing hold of and receiving every new and better thing That's that so good. is going to be available. Yeah. Um, differently understood, perhaps, than ever before in our lives is the reality, the fact that we are participants in the creation of our outlook, of our reality, and that is truly thrilling. So I'm excited, perhaps even stoically giddy as we move into this new year. <laughs> Who knows what could happen next? We're going to see. I like that. Thank you for that. That just started it all off on the right foot. For you, a stoic to mm -hmm. be giddy. It is a new thing for me. Yeah. I'm putting a stoic toe in the giddy waters, as it were, Good. to see what's, what's it like. Yeah. Loving it. Thank you for that. That was a good charge into the new year. Do you want me to start us off? Start us off, please. In your endeavors to find all the best stuff for and January 1st. Yeah, there's I was going to say, like, there is so much, you guys. So we might clip through this a little more quickly. I don't know. We'll but do what we do. It is. There's a lot. Well, the first thing that you have is the year one, the origin of the Christian era. That's right. Wasn't known in the moment. No. Or at least not by many. And so technically, though, then at this time, would this have still been Julian calendar era, not Gregorian? I think that's correct, yes. So at some point, at some time, we did begin a new era. Yes. Of life. Yes. Well, the year 404, 404, 404, however you choose to say that, it's the last gladiator competition in Rome. Interesting. A little sad, I guess, for some people. Happy for others. Happy for the gladiators who well, didn't have to fight to the death. Anymore. Here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing. And, and this is who it would be sad for. Um, there were people who that was their skill set. Mm -hmm. That was their profession. That's what they did. And uh, for many as well, for many slaves as well, it was an opportunity to earn freedom. That's true. And so hate to see that taken away. Now, on the flip side, the death and carnage and all of that probably wasn't the coolest thing in history. Right, 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 right. Okay. Well, let's skip ahead a little into the modernish era. In 1724, 
Um, a young glassblower. I don't know if he was young at the time. You not. just got a little happy with your adjectives. I, I did. He could have been a, an elderly old glassblower. Anyway, he was a glassblower, and his name was Daniel Gabriel Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. He proposed a system for making thermometers and a temperature scale that he was like, we could call this the we Fahrenheit could call temperature it Fahrenheit. scale. I mean, I'm just saying. Let me ask you, and I don't know the answer to this question. In the UK, do they use Fahrenheit or centigrade? Centigrade, I do believe. Preposterous. This man was from the UK. No, then maybe they use Fahrenheit. I know Canada for sure uses centigrade, and, and so does Australia. That's both preposterous. And they're both British colonies. Yes. Yeah. As well as we were. I don't know. I have to give it a side goog. Okay. Well, don't worry about it. We've got plenty of other things to get distracted by. 1758, for yes. example. Okay. For those of you who love taxonomy, botany, zoology, and undoubtedly other ologies and onomies um, that I've left out, today is a special day for you. The International Commission on Zoological Nomenclature establishes the starting point for standardized species names across the animal kingdom based on on binomial nomenclature, um, as we know, brought to us by Mr. Linnaeus. Yeah, so binomial nomenclature, so that means two names, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating to me that it wasn't until 1758 that we had a standardized system, because that Before that, it was just like, well, this is Fahrenheit. Well, or even if they discover a new animal and be like, this is Stripey Cat. Stripey Cat? This is Bob? (laughs) Where do you think the Bobcat got its name? It didn't stop it. It just also assigned a, an actual scientific name. An actual yeah. scientific name for zoological nomenclature. Fascinating. In 1804, Haiti, the country of Haiti and the Caribbean, they gained independence from France, making it the only state ever founded by former slaves and without slavery. That's something to think about. In all of history, the only place... The only state formed without slavery. Yeah. It's a very old thing. Uh, At some point in time, I think nearly every culture has been enslaved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 1881, Dr. John Watson is first introduced to Sherlock Holmes. That's right. That's the John Watson we're talking about. Yes, it is. Elementary, my dear Watson. Do you know in the Sherlock Holmes fandom what the... Name is the name that has been given to people who ship or relationship together in a relationship, Dr. Watson and Sherlock Holmes is. It's where you, you know, it's like they take those, the names and they make a portmanteau out of it. Oh, goodness. Um, I don't know. For Dr. Watson, John Watson, and Sherlock Holmes, it's John Locke. That's oh, is it really? Called that. Yes. I did not know this. When I first <laughs> discovered that, I was so confused because I didn't know it was in the context of Sherlock Holmes, and I thought they were talking about John Locke, the character. Well, and I was just going to ask: <laughs> Is there some tie? Is that why? Is there some tie there? Why he was John Locke in Ooh, that? Ooh, I don't know. You'll have to go look that up. Actually, I think he was named John Locke because, so a lot of the names on Lost have a symbolic meaning, and I do think that John Locke actually was named on the um, American essayist who wrote a lot about independence. And, you know, John Locke's yeah, big can't tell was, me what to do. can't tell me what to do. Yeah. And so I do think that's where he derives his name, actually. But okay. I do like this alternative. You'll reality. have to look. You'll have to look and see if there's a secondary connection there. Okay. 
It's your turn. Oh my gosh, it is. I was thinking about Jonathan Yes, Conway. I saw the glazed <laughs> look of rabid fandom come over your yes. face. Okay, yeah. 1892. This is significant for many Americans. About a third of us. Yes, in Upper New York Bay, Ellis Island becomes the immigration gateway into the United States, replacing Castle Garden. I mean, I've never even heard of Castle Garden. It's you in know what I mean? Lower Manhattan, I believe. Okay. Or was, whatever. Well, over 100 million Americans can trace their ancestry to immigrants who were processed through Ellis Island. I'm sure that I probably could. I just, uh, we, we had some skeletons that slowed down the backwards look in our family. Mm. A lot of tight lips, not, not wanting to say what happened to who. A lot of tight lips not wanting to sink any ships? Possibly. Possibly. Certainly not while they're on their way here. Loose lips sink ships. That as well. That's the problem. So tight lips right? float ships? Yes. Well, maybe we were floating ships. I don't know. I don't know. It's all confusing. 1903, President... Theodore Roosevelt and First Lady Edith, they unveil the new renovations to the White House, which included a new West Wing, without which a whole television series wouldn't exist. Obviously. Clearly. It would it could have been called the Old West Vacant Lot or something instead of West Wing. <laughs> right? That's right. That's right. That's interesting. Okay, well, in 1907... President Roosevelt sets a new record on this day, completing 8,513 handshakes in one day. If you ask me, that sounds like a fantastic way to spread disease. Well, indeed. Indeed. You COVID irresponsible president. I have, I have a couple of questions. One, what must his hand have felt like? Terrible. Because there's a lot of bad handshakers out there. Yes. Number two, who counted it? Right. Who counted it? And which was worse, to have to shake the hands or count them? Mm. Did they mess up the count? Was it actually 8,512 and we've given extra credit here for no good reason? Was it more and we've shorted good Teddy Roosevelt? Does he still hold the record to this day? I don't know. know. I don't know. Well, you worked this out perfectly so that you could have this tidbit. Well, it fits. 1919, my young, not so young at the time any longer, protege Henry Ford steps down as president of Ford Motor Company, elevating his son Edsel into that position. Edsel. In conjunction with that juxtaposition, the company increased its minimum, minimum wage, so at the time, the average weekly earnings of a laborer were $25.61. Ford's increase put their lowest paid worker somewhere between $30 and $36 a week. They were living large. I was going to say, that couldn't have been too shabby for that time frame. That was big time. That was big time. There's no meaningful way to convert that into today's dollars mm. because... Not everything moves at the same rate of inflation. Right. And so if we just took the dollar amount into today, it would seem ridiculously small Yeah. because housing and food and different things like that have, those have gone up at a much higher rate of inflation. It wouldn't be a survivable wage today. It absolutely was back then. It was a very generous move by, I'm guessing, both Fords. I don't think it was probably a solo decision by young Edsel. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. 
Well, on this day, 1928, San Antonio, San Antonio, Texas, boasts the first U.S. office building with air conditioning. If you've ever been to San Antonio, yeah, then you'll say there is no better place that that could have gone in. It is humid and hot. And the thought in 1928 of wearing a suit into an office in a place like San Antonio without air conditioning, it had to have been, they, they probably were looking like, okay, now this is here. Does that mean Christ already returned? What's happened? Ooh. It's a bit of heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. I promise you that to this day in San Antonio, even on January 1st, they turn that air conditioner on because yes. it gets hot even in January. Yes, we lived for a time just, what, 35, 40 miles north yep. of San Antonio. And it, what I think cumulatively, maybe there's a, a month out of the year throughout the winter where you need something as substantial as a windbreaker or slightly yeah. heavier, but boy, I, not much. I think I've told this story on here before that when we lived down there, we literally didn't own winter coats. Yeah. Nobody had a winter coat. You might have a sweater, like a cozy cardigan. Or an ugly Christmas sweater. An ugly Christmas sweater. Like you said, a windbreaker. We would come home. I remember one year, is right after AJ was born. She was about four months old. Came home with her and Daisy up here to Oklahoma City, and or the Oklahoma City area. And it was so brutally cold. I think that, did people go buy coats for our kids? Yes. Or we had to borrow some, something. They were purchased out of pity. Out of pity. And we were like, we forgot about winter. Because mm -hmm. in South Texas, it just does not get cold. Yes. But it does get hot, so thank goodness for AC. Yes. Well, 1942, we're in the midst of World War II. The U.S. government has ceased to allow the sale of civilian vehicles. All automobile manufacturers have shifted production to make vehicles for war purposes. Yeah. One it of, happens. Yeah, one of many things that shifted. Women had to stop wearing their, um, their stockings because they needed the nylon for war efforts. Parachute stuff, right? Nylon cords? I don't know. I made that part up, but it sounded good to me. Uh, I will believe that. I have no idea, but I do know women stopped wearing couldn't even buy their yeah. their stockings so they would actually use like cocoa powder or other things to darken their legs interesting and draw the the animals thought it was delicious yeah i think they even would use eyeliner or something like that to draw yeah, the yeah. stocking line along the back of their legs that's that's a, a validated thing yeah yes interesting okay 1946 emperor hirohito of japan makes the announcement that he is not a god that's good. That's good to clear that up. Yep. That's not uncommon amongst uh, historical... Sure, of course. ...governments that people would have thought the emperor or king was, in fact, a god, if, in fact, the emperor or king yeah. did not himself claim it. Yeah, the divine so, right to rule is yes. pretty well embedded into human culture. So. This one was a surprise to me. 1947, we have the Canadian Citizenship Act. Prime Minister... 1947... This is Prime Minister William Lyon becomes the first Canadian citizen. Mm -hmm. He, and then all that followed afterwards, converted from British subjects into Canadian citizens. All right. So cheers with your uh, maple syrup. and Raise a hockey stick. That too. That too. 1951, the Zenith Radio Corporation tests the first pay-per-view movie, though... 
it wasn't something that would appear for the mass audience for another 45 years. Indeed. It's interesting that that was, that's one of those instances, I think, where technology is leaked out at the pace we can keep up with it. Well, 1953, this is so fascinating to me, 1953 television detection. Whatever do you mean, sir? Whatever could I mean? Well, during World War II, television broadcasts in the UK temporarily stopped. When they resumed, it was decided at that moment to introduce a television license fee. Wait so, a second. You're saying the British were putting a tax on their people? Yes. What happened to the, the old British Britain? are known for their taxes. <laughs> what happened? They just just yesterday were passing the uh, tax on windows in your business. That's right. So, That's yeah, right. Okay. So to legally, you could buy a television. Absolutely. Without any question, you could buy a television. But to legally use it, you had to go down to the general post office and buy a license. Sure. This is interesting. It's fascinating to consider. It's something so strange to me. If you operated your television without the license, you were breaking the law. And this, of course, meant that they needed a way to enforce the law. If yeah. you've got a law, you need to enforce it, especially if it's for money, right? Especially when money's on the line. Yes. So it was today in 1953 that Operation Begins of the first TV detector van tasked with tracking down users of unlicensed television sets. Effectively, enforcers would gather a list of people, of addresses, rather, uh, that had not purchased a license, and they would drive around, sit outside, use the equipment in the van to scan for evidence of a television being used in the home. Mm-hmm. Now, as interesting as that is, again, strange to anybody not from that area, era, area, bleh, or era, but area and current era, that's unfamiliar with this. Um, the fee still exists today. It's still a thing that goes on for anyone who would watch or record television as it is being broadcast. This is applicable to televisions, computers, laptops, oh. tablets, mobile phones, game consoles, anything that could be used to watch or record television as it's being broadcast. Um, so for anybody in the UK that's younger than 67, 68 years old, this is all they've ever known. Mm -hmm. It's completely yeah, normal. This is just how you watch TV. you got to pay for it. From an outsider's perspective, it seems pretty bizarre. And I can't even begin to imagine, as we look at the inefficiencies of government, I can't begin to imagine how much money and how much manpower has been required to perform regular television detection and enforcement of this. Seems like a really backwards way. Um, and that's not to crap on the UK. We have plenty of our own things. It was just fascinating to me to see one still in existence there that seems so bizarre and inefficient. Yes. So do they still have vans that drive around? To I don't know if they're vans or not, but they... they they still somehow enforce it, yeah. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Okay, well, in 1961, my... No, no, 1960. I'm sorry. You jumped, you read got, two things at once. I got so excited because we're talking about my distant cousin, Johnny Cash, again. Yes, very distant. Johnny Cash plays the first of many free concerts from behind bars. Wholesome prison blues. 
you may not know this at this moment because if you're watching the video, I have I've put a, a cardigan blazer on. Uh, but prior to starting to record, I was wearing all black. All today. black, just like Johnny Cash. Summoning that cash energy. Yes. In my life. Well, 1961, the National Bank of Chicago issues its largest check ever. They issue it to Sears. And the amount of the check is $960.2 billion, with a B, dollars. And that was in 1961, my dude. Indeed. That's, That's a lot of money. Just shy of a trillion, for crying out loud. Is that true? Yeah. Another $40 billion and you're crossing the mark. Sears, what happened to you? National Bank of Chicago, what poor judgment you had. <laughs> Well, in 1962, today is the creation of the United States Navy's Sea, Air, Land teams that are known as the Navy SEALs. What do you know about the Navy SEALs? They are the elite mm -hmm. of the Navy. They, They're the modern-day ninja. They are. They go in ahead of... Uh, military operations. They, they go in wherever things. they want. Special and they operations. do whatever they want. Yeah. Special operations. Mm -hmm. right? Okay, that's what I know. Yeah. I coached a Navy SEAL. Did you? I did. And this would have been, let me think here, 2000, I think five and six. No, no, no. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It would have been six and seven. Maybe eight. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So I was coaching in San Marcos, just north of San Antonio. There was a young man who was a Navy SEAL. He had been deployed overseas. Um, in his words, after this was after Fallujah and some of that had fairly recently gone on. Yeah. In his words, um, you know, they'd sent them in to, to do their business and get things handled. And then the whole thing shifted and they turned right around and had asked the SEALs to help be responsible for training the very people they'd just been kicking the butts of. And he said, you know what? I'd like a leave of absence to go to college. Okay. And so they let them do that. One of the fascinating things, he was an incredibly interesting young man to visit with and certainly had details uh, of things that we wouldn't otherwise be alert to. Right. He said that uh, for for the SEALs, wherever it was that they might be deployed, if they were going to be there for any amount of time, they had um, a morale officer. Okay. That was assigned to them. Mm -hmm. 
whose job is exactly what it sounds like. It was to help facilitate things that would keep them happy, keep their morale high. Uh, these guys see and do a lot of things that are would be difficult sure. for most folks to deal with. Mm-hmm. And amongst the different things that he mentioned, um, this wouldn't be known by anybody other than somebody that participated or heard the story, mm-hmm. is that this morale officer, um, and there would have been many morale officers across, that they worked with different corporations, different businesses to get things done for the SEALs that were pretty cool. Um, there was a special watch, I believe, designed by Nike. Okay. For the SEALs, not available to the public, just for them. Yeah. Uh, it was not uncommon at all that they would get the opportunity to watch um, in a theater set up a movie long before it was released to the general public, even. Very cool. So a lot of interesting things about getting to know that young man. Yes. Did he ever, like, sneak in after curfew and stuff because he was so sneaky? No, but uh, here's what he did do. Here's what he did do. So understand that a hangover from too much drinking activity is is strongly attributed to dehydration, right? Sure, yeah. And so he'd go out with the guys like any college kid would and, and have way too much to drink. And then in order to make it back to be able to practice and do all the things you needed to do, he himself would would IV everyone with saline bags to rehydrate them so that they could recover in time for practice. That feels extremely unsanitary. I feel like it was a a definite abuse of the SEAL training, but (laughs) it worked. Oh my gosh. I never missed a practice. Okay. This is you. Um, Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. 1969. The owner of the National Hockey League's LA Kings, Jack Kent Cook, find each of his players $100 for not arguing with the referee. Mm-mm-mm. That's hockey for you. That's a bad owner for you. 1971, America starts the new year off with no cigarette ads on television or radio stations. This was one of the first steps taken to discourage cigarette smoking after it was learned that cigarettes were linked to lung cancer, heart disease, and emphysema. I mean, to this day, you don't see them on TV or hear them on the radio. Um, I don't know in the 70s how instantly effective it was (laughs) to pull advertising. Like, people were already pretty well. They already knew the Marlboro Man. Yes. They were good to go. Yeah. It was a a delayed uh, efficacy effort. I suppose that's right. 1984, AT&T was broken up by court order. They were forced to dispose of... 22 bell system companies. These, the Baby Bells, um, the main company as Mama Bell or Ma Bell. Yes. Not something you hear about a lot anymore. No, you really don't. I was just thinking about that because the regional bell in our area, growing up with Southwestern Bell, and that used to be such like a mainstay in our lives, like having to call Southwestern Bell and get service connected and all of that. And that just is like yeah. such a thing of the past. In the grand scheme of things, I don't think it was all that effective a means of breaking up a monopoly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, exactly. All it did was make their bookkeeping a little more complex. Uh-huh, but yeah. that's about it. Yeah. Um. Okay. 1985, the internet, the internet's domain name system, DNS, created 1985. It was preparing Al Gore had foresight and he said we need 
binomial nomenclature. Yes. <laughs> and contacted Linnaeus and got it got it sorted out. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, something that uh, is impactful to me through my ancestry because uh-huh. I am part Czech. You old Czech. Nineteen ninety three, Czechoslovakia is split into the Czech Republic and Slovakia. I have no idea which side now I would claim as home. Yeah. I refuse to choose. Okay, that's fair. 1995, this one hits close to home to me because this was such a favorite of my growing up years. Gary Larson's cartoon, Farside, issues its last cartoon. I loved Farside so much, I would buy the... um, The desk calendar. Well, definitely the desk calendar, but also the paperback collections. Oh, goodness. Where you could just like read them over and over. We, Binge reading. We Yes, of cartoons. It was the pre-Netflix. It, we didn't have much back in the 90s, you guys, but we did have cartoon books. And cartoon and we had grunge. Yeah, that was it. That's all we had. But it was a big thing amongst my friend group to buy, whether it was Calvin and Hobbes, Farside. Um, Garfield? I'm sure Garfield. Kathy, all the different mm. ones. We'd buy them and then we'd have a, like a sort of lending library amongst ourselves, trading different books out and reading them and stuff. Interesting, interesting. Well, 1996, after 27 years, finally, Betty Rubble debuts as one of the Flintstone Vitamins. Why the delay, Flintstone oh, Vitamin Company? Come she on was now. kind of an also ring. <gasps> How dare you? She was a little dingy. She was a little dingy. That doesn't mean she can't make a delicious and nutritious vitamin. Indeed. In the year 2000, raise your hand if you remember the Y2K. I'll raise both hands. Raise them both. The new millennium was ushered in with tremendous concern over possible Y2K crisis. Many thought that regional, national, and worldwide computers in their functions of tracking dates would mistake 2000 for 1900, which could catastrophically impact offices, Roads, homes, freaking amusement parks. Amusement parks, roller, for the love of... Roller coasters just fly it off I of their tracks. can't count, I'm flying away. <laughs> Water, food, and of course, and most importantly, all facets of finance, literally everything, the weeks and months and even years leading up to this inspired a fantastic level of prepper behavior, light prepping, medium yes. prepping, heavy prepping. We were all prepping. We I, didn't prep. This was but. like, I think, honestly, since the Cuban Missile Crisis of the 60s, this was the next big prepper push. Yes. Now, we didn't personally do it. No. But we were personally victims of it. Yes. By my father. By your father. He insisted adamantly, and he doesn't insist on much. That's right. He insisted adamantly that year that for the transition from 99 into 2000 that we come to their home, uh-huh. he had stockpiled yep. canned food, drinking water, and firearms and ammunition, one of which, one of the firearms of which, because it's sensical, yes. was a Tommy gun. Yeah. The old not? gangster machine gun. Because sure. if you're going to have an apocalyptic moment, you want to do the old spray and pray. Well, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, yes, I got it. That reminds me of a thing that I mentioned in World for us. Okay, okay. Um, 2010. If you are a chess fan, especially, this will matter to you, Norwegian Magnus Carlsen is, for the first time, ranked 
as the world's number one chess player. Yeah, he is. Now, since 2013, he has been the reigning world champion. The ranking is just like off of points and stuff. Oh, and sure, yes. But he's actually been the the big. What do you call him? The the queen killer? I don't know. What's a what's a violent name for a chess champion? Whatever it is, that's him. Okay. For a long time now. Yeah. Um, some recognize him as the Mozart of chess. Mm-hmm. It's said that he plays with both natural intuition and deep analysis. Way to go, Mangus Carlson. Mangus? Magnus. Magnus. Come on. Sorry. There's Magnus uh, Mangus. I know Magnus, the name Magnus. I don't know Magnus Carlson. I know the name Magnus because for a time in my life, I did enjoy, like on ESPN, the Ocho, watching the uh, strongman competitions. And there are a lot of Norwegian ancestry Vikings that are big in that world. One of which was Magnus for Magnuson or something like that. Um, But there were like, it got confusing because there'd be 15 of the contestants all that had the name Magnus somewhere in their name. Wildly confusing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 2011. OWN owned the Oprah Winfrey Network debuted on television. She transitioned away from being a TV host to just, she's like, I'm just going to do it all. I'll I'll have my own TV show. Run the whole thing. Yep. Well, trending today, or technically yesterday trending because of how things work out in this word time continuum, is the topic how to watch the ball drop on New Year's Eve. Undoubtedly, this has become a top trending item because of the awesomes and because we mentioned this yesterday on our show. People heard it was still going to drop. You all went out and searched it, and you've driven this up well beyond the 200 million yeah. ticker mark on searches. So Goodness. good work to you ladies yes. and or men, if there's any man listeners. I, I don't think know. we have some men listening to Awesome today. You do? If okay. you're a man and you listen to Awesome Today regularly, please let us Hold know. Hold your hand up. Let me see it. Yes. As I thought. There's no one out there. Okay. I, I'm not throwing shame. I, I think oh, there no. should be some male yeah. listeners. Ladies, why haven't you recommended this show to your husbands? It's a great show. Why wouldn't you? Husbands, brothers, fathers, male co-workers, Yeah, that was neighbors. of me to limit it to husbands. There's there's many other men around you. Co- many. Older, yeah, all, all the things. All of them. All right. Well, let's do a little whirl a Watch, read, listen, life, style. I came across, well, first of all, speaking of Magnus. Yeah. If you haven't yet, we implore you, go watch The Queen's Gambit on, on Netflix. You don't have to know anything about chess. It's true. It's not really a chess show. It's a show that includes chess. It's a show, yes. So last night we started watching, based on a uh, couple of raves I saw in a Facebook group that I'm in, we started watching The Flight Attendant on HBO. We hooked ourselves up with HBO Max on our Roku. We were both tired. We took turns sleeping. We did. And eventually we were like, we just got to yeah. turn it. But what we saw, it's... I believe we did see both Both of us were fully awake during the first episode. I feel we? like that's right. Yeah. yeah. It looks good. It looks interesting. I'm not ready to put the stamp of approval on it, okay. but it looks interesting enough to pursue it. You never it. know this early in. It could be episode three where oh, things yeah. really go off the rails. That's a fair point. Something embarrassing happens, so don't endorse it yet. Okay, that's a fair point. But what we saw in the first episode, we enjoyed. It's, so a, we it's an interesting storyline. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. If you want to read, you'll have to do so on your own. We have nothing to offer. Nothing new to offer, that's for sure. 
Listening wise, couple of notes. First of all, first of all, if you haven't, I would ask you gently, but with a fair amount of emphasis, in, in, emphasis and insistence, go listen to today's brand new sort of awesome. My dear friend Jen Hoffman is on the show and she's talking about how we can, why we would need to and how we can process what we've been through in 2020 before we move ahead into making space for receiving all of the good stuff that 2021 has to offer. Yeah. It's one of my favorite conversations, probably one of my like top five conversations I've ever had for Sword Austin well, in five years of making wow. the show. So I might even listen to it then. You might should. We'll see. Maybe I won't. I know if I try to emphasize something too much to you, then it goes into the never it, will do it column. Yeah, so, I, you get naggy and I'm going to, I'm going to push back like the previously mentioned John Locke, you cannot tell me what to do. That's a true fact. Uh, other things to listen to, go listen to my cousin, Johnny Cash. You keep saying that. It's I mean, look, my grandmother, are you calling my grandmother, may she rest listen, in peace, a liar? Listen, Ethel was a liar. How dare How dare you, sir? Sir, listen, I don't doubt that there's some distant relation, but you can't call him a cousin. Because I don't have proof. Because I don't have quote unquote proof. Because it's a lie. I will get a 23 and me run. Just so Fine. I can. Then great. Then all the governments. I was going to say, just so I you. can have my DNA forever registered with every yep. government in the world. And so I can prove that I am related to Johnny Cash. Yeah. You do what you need to do, but recognize it could threaten our, our <laughs> continuity of relationship. <laughs> I'll not be found by the government because of you. <laughs> Will you uh, agree to believe me that I could be related to Johnny well, Cash? just as much as I am. <gasps> Why? Why can't you let me have this one thing? You have, you have literally no proof other than somebody said a thing. I could, I could pull an equal, an equal horse story. Okay. There is a, it still exists, the Hertie department store chain in Germany, which is the abbreviated version of Hermann Tietz, yeah. our last name. There are loose claims that we are related to them, but there's no, there's no direct line been drawn. There's no proof. It wasn't as odd of a name as Tietz is in the U.S., uh, or at least in this part of the U.S. It's not in the northeastern area. Um, it was a very popular name in Germany, and it was a name, it, it seemed to be, of a fairly industrious family who branched out into um, Ireland and Scotland and all throughout. It was, it was a family that expanded and took over commerce wherever they went. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, somehow, some way, I'm related to Herman Tietz and the department store chain that he founded, but I can't sit and claim that, like, I'm barely removed. <laughs> you never even had the last name Cash. No, I did not. But my grandmother mm -hmm. did. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that. Well, wait. Also, if you are interested in reliving the delightful panic and the race up to Y2K, uh, there's a podcast series, limited series called Surviving Y2K. It is the same guy that did Finding Richard Sim or Missing Richard Simmons. And is it missing or finding? It's missing. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Missing Richard Simmons. Uh, running from cops. It's okay. the same okay. production company that did um, 
wind of change. Anyway, surviving Y2K, I didn't listen to all of it, I'm going to be honest, because... I lived it. Yeah. I didn't like, have to, right? But it's good. It's I good. was there. It's good podcast production. You could go check that out. Okay. Well, let's go to lifestyle. We shall, shall we? Or lifestyle, as it were. Mm -hmm. What you got? You and I enjoyed last night on our illustrious back patio for the second time ever smoking a cigar together. We did. We were a little better this time. Did a little better. I didn't inhale as much. Didn't get quite as sick. I didn't get sick at all, actually, which is kind of nice. I made the mistake. I look at it now as a mistake. Maybe my perspective will change of pulling it into the mouth and blowing it out the nose. I'd heard someone reference that this was a much richer mm. experience. And so all day today, my entire sinus cavity continues to smell and taste like cigar and not fresh cigar. So stale cigar. Yeah, it's not my favorite thing that I've done. Okay, well, but still, you, you needed to try it. Yeah, yeah, why not? And again, maybe someday in the future that's cooler than it was this time, I don't know. Yeah, so we've been enjoying that, it's been delightful. And we I look forward, we have a few more in our ever-growing cigar stash to we try. Do, we do. So once one the weather the, clears uh, up here, we're gonna do that. Yeah, one of the things about the cigar is the experience and not the experience with the cigar, but what you do yeah. as you smoke the cigar, which meant we sat for a good solid hour mm -hmm. and just lived some life together. Yes. That's it was pretty very cool. nice. It was a little cold, but very nice. I'll add an odd one to the mix. You are an odd one. I am an odd one. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Don't be sorry. The Rubik's Cube. Has made its way. Well, it made its way into our home. Our daughter received one as a gift from someone and bought one as a gift for me for Christmas. One of our daughters. Uh, we do have two, after all. And I, so back, what, 12 years ago, roughly, I went through a, it was before she was born, I went through a Rubik's Cube phase. It's longer than 12 years ago. Yeah, it was. Wow. Um, yeah, and figured out how to solve it. Completely forgot all of that. Mm -hmm. And it was with this reintroduction. I watched a couple of YouTube videos and remembered how to do it. She's quite frustrated that I'm better than her right oh, now. Yeah. She's like, she's got that teats competitive yeah. streak in her for sure. But it's a fun little deal. We'll uh, randomly mix a cube up and go to the room where the other one is and toss it at them and leave. Just kind of throwing down the gauntlet of solve it already, would you? Yep. You guys have both been having a lot of fun with that. The delight, you, she had you walk her through mm -hmm. uh, your approach to it. The delight on her being when she finally got it solved. Yes. It's pretty impressive. It's it's a very rewarding thing to solve, even though once when you when you really dig into the mathematics of it, it's literally piece after piece, layer after layer, the, the way that you go about solving it is recognizing a pattern, a placement of things, and then once you see it, orienting the cube in the appropriate way and following an algorithm. Yeah. So it's very mathematically based. Um, the number of permutations possible are, I, I believe, well into the hundreds of billions, or at least the tens Whoa. of billions of things. So you're not just going to sit down and intuit your way through it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or at least not more than once, if you got really lucky once. Right. Um, you, you learn the patterns, you learn to see patterns, you learn to execute yeah. algorithms with it. And it's, there's something appealing sure. about that to see something and to know this is how I solve this problem. Yes, 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 yes. So that's been fun. We'll probably keep doing that. I offered to her 
if she decides that she's really into it, that we'll we'll spend the big bucks and we'll get a speed cube. Nice. Okay. There's a whole lot of interesting thing. science around the construction of the cube itself. Yes. Um, physics and whatnot in terms of how well it turns when you can get some special things done that make it easier, how it feels in the hand, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. It might be a fun thing because it really is... Within a few hours of, of watching a video, you can figure out how to solve this. And it might be a fun thing to do with a, a friend, a loved one, a child, a, a whatever. Very good. Very cool. All right. All right. That was a lot of things for this first day of the brand new year. Yeah, man. Here we go. Do you have anything else for the good people? I think we've said it all. All right. Well, have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. According to many movies and television shows, when the apocalypse comes, people who have prepped are likely to be victims of those who haven't prepped. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.